Hi, and welcome to Bake Sale, the show featuring conversations with Kickstarter and other crowdfunding creators about their kid-friendly projects. Today, I'm lucky enough to have on the show Lori Berkner. Uh, I don't use the phrase kids music superstar very often. I try to parcel out my use of the phrase the word superstar, but I think there is no doubt that Lori Berkner is in fact a kids music superstar. Having sold hundreds of thousands of albums of music for kids, especially preschoolers, but also uh, kids having exited the preschool age, uh, she is now using Kickstarter to um, help fund a album of lullabies. And so I'm going to be talking to her this morning about that album and the Kickstarter process and all the exciting things she's doing as part of that. So, Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. So, you're recording an album of lullabies, and I know that some of the lullabies you're going to be recording uh, are going to be lullabies of uh, that maybe you heard from your mom or your parents when you were a child. So, regardless of whether or not you're actually recording them, what... What lullabies do you remember your parents singing to you? Um, well, there are some that I'm going to put on the album that I remember well, which is um, one of them is just Hush Little Baby. That was a real kind of staple in our house. Another was um, the Riddle Song. Have you ever heard of that one? I, I have think- never heard of the Riddle Song. Well, you may have. It's also called um, I Gave My Love a Cherry. Does that make it sound? Uh, I, I have, I've heard that as an adult. I'd I, I, I never heard that as a child, but I've, I've heard that as an adult. Yeah, my mom used to sing that to me a lot. And um, actually, you know what was a real staple was uh, Twinkle Twinkle. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I it's, already put that on album. <laughs> it's a classic song. It's a classic song. Um, there are other ones. Actually, I also recorded one a while back called um, "White Coral Bells," that was one of my favorites when I was a kid. That yeah, was awesome. yeah, I remember yeah. that. So, uh, what do you think makes a good lullaby? Hmm. That's a great question. I think there are a lot of different things. Um, I know when I was little, what I remember was kind of being soothed by both the, I don't know, just something very simple and also familiar about the song. I liked hearing them over and over. Um, I liked songs that where I had images in my head that I could kind of imagine as I was falling asleep too, and ones that made me feel very safe. So were you thinking of that? You have written uh, at least one classic lullaby. I, I, I still sing moon, moon, moon. And you know, my, my younger son who is uh, eight, will still sing that song. Um, were you, when you write lullabies, and I know that uh, you are going to be writing some new ones for the album and you're going to be maybe revisiting some songs that you had previously recorded, but when, you've, when you're writing lullabies and when you've written them in the past, were you thinking about that imagery thing or was it more, I've got a great idea for a song and as you think about it, and work through it as a songwriter, you think, oh, well, that works well as a lullaby. Let's make sure it's slow or, or, or what have you. <laughs> um, it's different, different times. I mean, when I wrote Moon, 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 I didn't write it as a lullaby. I wrote it, I was um, 
I was a music specialist. I remember actually trying it out in this one particular class. It, it was a daycare, and I would go in a couple times a week. And with the youngest kids, I was just looking for something really simple. And I had actually been out with a friend who had a two-year-old, um, and it was quite late, and he was holding him in his arms, and the moon was out. And as we were getting into our cars, the kid pointed up at the moon and just went, moon, 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 moon. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that has to be perfect. Something, there's something in that. And so I kind of developed moon, moon, moon out of that and just tried it out with the kids in the daycare at who were that similar age, like two and three, and tried to make it so it was easy for them to say it. And it's actually been the people who have heard the song since I wrote it, who tell me, just like you did, oh, this is a song we sing to our kids at night. So it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's not funny, I guess, but it's an interesting process to me, like how music develops and what it means to different people. Because when I actually have tried to write a lullaby, it's been more like when I'm, when I'm putting my own daughter to sleep, um, there will definitely be a couple on this album that over the years I just found myself making up songs while she was falling asleep or or while she was in the car and I wished she were falling asleep, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> trying to find anything to help her. Um, and now she's nine, so I still sing to her sometimes, but, I, um, you know, it, it's different. So those, and so some of the songs that I'm writing right now are coming more just from what would I like to sing or what might I like to have heard when I was a kid? So I do think more specifically about those things. Yeah, I know that there is, you know, there's comfort, um, obviously, to the child in, in hearing a lullaby. But there is also, I think, the comfort in, for the parent of singing a lullaby, that there's, the familiarity works for both the singer and the listener, in terms yeah. of the repetitive nature of, okay, this is the ritual that I do. I sing such a song, you know, this song every night, or we sing these two songs, or we sing this song together. That's um, very comforting. Yeah, I, I, that makes me think of two things. One is that um, when I started thinking about working on this album, part of the reason I think I never did one before is that I tend to write a lot from the child's point of view. And lullabies are most often sung to a child by an adult. And that's not, doesn't tend to be how I write. So I never really felt that comfortable writing them before. And um, that some have come up for me over the years with Lucy. And I also felt like I could maybe combine some of those things and write some songs that are more like Moon, 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 where a child or a parent might want to sing them or sing them together. And... Um, so that was one thing I was thinking a lot about. How much of this album do I want to have be songs that a child probably wouldn't sing to themselves, that just a parent would sing? Um, and then the other part of it um, that I was noticing was that, like, what, one, one song that I wrote recently, um, it's just called A Lullaby. And as I was singing it to myself and kind of working on it, thinking about how I would record it, I just found myself crying. And I realized, I guess it kind of just brought up all these feelings about putting Lucy to bed over the years, you know, and then my own, maybe my own memories even from when I was little. But the first line is, um, a lullaby is not goodbye. It only means I'll see you in the morning. And it, I think there's something in that also of, 
that time of going to sleep is, as a child, can be, it can feel so intimate and wonderful, and I think for the parent too, but it's mixed with a lot of, like, separation and fear and or potential separation is the parent staying is the parent leaving the lights are off what happens when I close my eyes can I let go and let my body really give in to sleep you know all of those things are they're very um they're very deep and and I don't know it just touches something in me yeah they're deep and mysterious and yeah you know people I suspect that people remember those lullaby songs perhaps more so than they remember other songs, you know, a peppier daytime songs. I mean, they certainly remember those experiences, but I suspect that a greater percentage of those memories of singing with uh, parents or other adults or other siblings are those sort of, are the lullaby songs, the songs you sing at night. Yeah. So, uh, I, I know you you talk about this to some extent in the Kickstarter page and the Kickstarter video, which uh, listeners you can find certainly by searching on Lori Berkner at on the Kickstarter website. I will also certainly have a link to the project on the page for this particular episode. But uh, how long have you been thinking about making a lullaby album? And then why Kickstarter for the process? Um, Well, I've definitely been thinking about making a lullaby album for, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, a long, (laughs) (laughs) but partly from what I said before that I, I just never felt like I knew exactly how to write them um, in a way that felt honest for me. Um, what, when Lucy, before Lucy was born, certainly, um, because it was that mix of kind of being a parent, which I wasn't yet 10 years ago. And, um, but also wanting to stay true to what I think I do well and what I think connects me a lot to the kids, which is to try to just capture something of their voices in what I am saying so that they can feel like it's really their music. Um, so, so I thought about it for a long time, but mostly because I would get tons of requests for it. You know, I would love to put your music on before my child goes to sleep, but they get so excited. They jump around, and that's not what I want to have happen before bedtime, you know. Um, so a lot of people say that they'll sing one song or they'll put a couple songs on, a, like, a continuous repeat. <laughs> but... Um, it just took me a while to really feel like I was ready. And I think also kind of having gone through that whole phase of when lullabies are the most important with my own daughter at this point, I kind of feel, I don't know, I just felt more connected to it. And for all the reasons, you know, that we've been talking about, it's felt like a very precious thing that I really want to do well. Um, And again, kind of want to give something to the parents and to the kids in a way that feels very important. So I'm just trying to do my best with that. But as far as the Kickstarter campaign, um, I decided to do it because, I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but I, I noticed a lot of kind of more high profile people, high profile people doing it and wondering why are they doing it? Why are they using Kickstarter? And I kind of went on and started looking and talking to people and, um, one of the things I noticed is that you can kind of set it up, which is what we've done, pretty much exactly like a pre-sale. 
people pay in advance to get the album in advance of the general public. And, um, and then they also, but then I, I could add all this other stuff that actually I don't tend to do like on my website or anything. Cause a lot of it is service things. It might be like me signing the album or, um, coming and, you know, visiting your home or something like that. Things I wouldn't necessarily just kind of put out there that I would do all the time, but I could put it all together and get people excited about the album. And I also kept getting people asking me like kind of about the process of making an album. And I thought, well, if I do this where people are involved and they're interested in knowing I'm actually working on it while I'm working on it, rather than once I'm done and I start actually publicizing it, which is how I've done it always in the past, then I have a reason to actually kind of document what I'm doing and share it and a way to get it out to people who have actually expressed an interest in knowing. So that's another part of it is that we're doing a video journal every week and I'm kind of just taking little filming bits of what I do and trying to keep track of what my process actually is and share that along the way. And that also means I get to ask questions, which has been fun. Like, what songs do you want on the album? What kind of song would you like me to write? You know, things like that. that I could ask those questions on Facebook, but um, it feels much more fun when it's kind of like a community of people doing it together. And it's been the most surprising part about this. I, I thought that would be kind of how it felt, but I wasn't sure if it would feel like a presale or like people actually cared about what I was working on creatively. And people actually seem to care, which is really awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, it's sort of like clearly, you know, you've got a huge community of some sort on on Facebook. You know, it is a community, but the community of people who are willing to put money up front before they've heard a sing literally a single note <laughs> of the yeah, album. I yeah. mean, that's, that's an engaged group of, uh, fans of listeners who are, who I think can give you an even, I don't want to say better quality of feedback, but it's certainly a more engaged feedback loop for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that was, uh, it, it's funny because you introduced, uh, your Kickstarter on the same day that a couple other, artists introduce their kickstarters for kids music albums and just this morning i received two emails from an other kids music artists who are intending to kickstart their albums uh, at some point in the future either in the near future or or somewhere down the line so i i feel like kickstarter at least in the kids music community i mean there have always been some kids music albums that have been kickstarted here over the past two or three years but i feel like there seems to be some increasing trend and tendency towards uh using it and i th i think it'll be interesting to see how artists use the kickstarter process I, the, the the process you're using in terms of having the weekly video chat seems very useful uh, i remember reading somebody saying once that you know the the Kickstarter dollar in the end goes away. I mean, you've, you've spent that and it doesn't come back, but the community that you can build uh, by using Kickstarter, that can always stay. And so uh, hopefully that process uh, really uh, helps you as you're recording. The, I mean, not that it should guide you necessarily, but uh, hopefully uh, having that engaged set of fans of, you know, the super fans who are willing to sort of spend money up front uh, will, will help that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I already feel that. And I think, like you said, it's not necessarily guiding me, but everything that I do is is affected by how people respond to the music. I mean, I just remember making my first album, you know, it was a long time ago. <laughs> and I... And I wanted, there were so many things I wanted to do. There was no such thing as Pro Tools. <laughs> I recorded it on reel-to-reel -reel tape. Wow. And I, I did it, sat down with my guitar and sang at the same time and tried to, you know, put some background vocals on. I called Susie in. She played live uh, piano. And, um, and Adam, who was a friend already at that point, And he came in and played upright bass on, oh, wait a minute. Didn't he even play? I don't even know if he played on that album. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> I mean, but that, and that was it. And I did it, I think in like a weekend. I mean, it was just one of these things where I also listen back sometimes and think, oh my God, <laughs> wow, I can't believe I put something out that sounds like that. But you know, that's sort of what it was. Anyway, I'm getting on, going on a tangent. The point was that I remember just try, just wanting to get the music down and thinking to myself, okay, just remember, Lori, this is for the kids. This is for the kids. This is for the kids. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be fantastic or great even. It just has to be something that gives them pleasure. Like, it doesn't have to be a great piece of art. It has to be something that you feel proud of and that they really like and that they have fun with and makes them like music, you know? And which was my point because I had just... I had been starting to teach preschool music and I just wanted them to have the music to take home, the kids in my classes. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I feel like when I think about the people who are listening, I really stay true to what I think I do best. You know, I'm trying to give them something and if they're willing to receive it, that is thrilling to me. And I think that's, you know, that's really what I'm getting out of doing this in this Kickstarter way, because I get so much more feedback. It's not just kind of creating something and hoping that they're going to like it. You know, I get a little more information. It may be from lots of different people, but that's how I started. I would go and I was teaching all these classes and I would play songs for the kids that they didn't like them. They'd, you know, tell me <laughs> and I would change them. Be like, okay, well, that part's boring. Well, what do you want to sing about? I would ask them and that's, that made great songs. So, and, and I know that uh, we're going to have to wrap, wrap it up pretty soon here because you are uh, setting up there in the background. I haven't heard anything, uh, but um, <laughs> there's, there's, little over here. <laughs> they're setting up for a video chat. And so, I, I mean, you have as part of your uh, project, your Kickstarter project, a bunch of rewards, and a lot of them are, are similar to what you might see in um, other music albums, you know, you can get copies of the, the album, uh, they're, they're autographed by you, you know, the, the, the physical copies are, you can have concerts, you know, at the higher pledging levels, but one of the things that I think is uh, more unusual is the weekly video chat, and so we talked about that just a little bit earlier, but uh, maybe you can go into a little more detail about what you're going to be doing with that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of discovering it as I'm doing it, honestly, um, but the idea is to be taking bits of footage um, throughout the weeks of this campaign and um, kind of introducing, using that footage, introducing the process of how I've been making this album and generally how I would make an album. I don't do it always exactly the same way, but um, it's not so different, kind of going through the steps of how I might be inspired to write, 
what my process of writing would be, and then um, rehearsing in the studio what that's like, because a lot of that stuff is actually kind of happening simultaneously, and it's um, it feels a little bit confusing to me even, and I, it's been very helpful to do this <laughs> video, to start thinking about the journal and like, okay, how do I really go from point A to B to C to having an album? And um, so we're trying to kind of make it make it make sense and share that through the journal and um, in a way that's hopefully also kind of fun. So, uh, so a lot of what you'll see will be maybe bits of me in rehearsal or working on something or in the studio um, and then also just talking about how that works and getting the band to come and say hello as well. Cool. Great. Well, Lori, I know that you have a busy day ahead of you, and so uh, I think uh, this would be a, a good place to end the conversation. But, uh, listeners, if you want to find out more about Lori Berkner, you can go to lauriberkner.com. Uh, Lori, any other websites you want to uh, ha suggest to listeners that they uh, go to if they want to find out more about the album itself or or you in general well we put lots of stuff on the facebook page um so that's a good place to go i i also tweet about things a little bit differently that's um that's sort of my very personal domain <laughs> <laughs> but um but facebook is really the best place and of course if you want to find out about the actual campaign you know look me up on kickstarter excellent so Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed the conversation. And listeners, uh, again, please check out Lori's Kickstarter page on Kickstarter. Just search on Lori Berkner. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any emails or questions, you can shoot me an email, zooglobal at earthlink.net. You can rate and review this podcast in iTunes. And... Thank you for listening. And, Lori, thank you for joining me. Thanks. It was a total pleasure. Bye.